The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting experiencerochestermn.com. I wanted to build a foundation that gave the resources to aspiring artists that I wanted. I wanted those resources. I wanted financial aid to help me go to college to pursue my music dreams. I wanted I wanted music camp in my life. And with the foundation, I'm able to provide scholarships to kids who want to continue that education. Welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics from tourism and entertainment to economic development and entrepreneurism and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. You know her from The Voice. Kat Perkins was a finalist on season six of the popular music show. On a tour stop in Rochester, Minnesota, I had the opportunity to chat with Kat about her musical career and influences. The Voice was a second chance for Kat after vocal surgery, and she rocked it. Kat keeps a busy schedule, including a recent tour with Kid Rock. She also mentors young aspiring musicians through her Rising Star Foundation, and she continues her annual tradition of performing for the troops. Kat Perkins, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Kat, many people know you from The Voice, but I know that you have had a musical career for a long time preceding The Voice. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your musical career? Yeah. So, I mean, I started singing when I could talk. That's not fair because I don't even remember that. But uh, but my parents tell me that. And um, I've lived my life from music for my whole life. I come from a very musical family. I think that's always very interesting and fun for people to hear. Like my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my dad, very awesome musicians. They all had bands. Like my grandma was in a wedding band back in the day and and, uh, played in the barns of North Dakota. Wow, fun. So it was in my blood. And I started my own band when I moved to the big city of Minneapolis. I came from a very small town in North Dakota, moved to Minneapolis as an adult and had a band called Scarlet Haze. I remember. And we used to play in Rochester all the time at the North Star Bar for like, like once a month for years. Um, we had some really cool, fast success with that band and it was my own writing and we had a record deal and it just kind of went from there. I've always just been passionate about music, playing instruments, writing music, doing it all. And I'm still, I'm so glad I can still do that. Obviously, singers can sometimes have problems with their voice, and you had some surgery. Tell us a little bit about that. I did. The reason why the band Scarlet Haze went away, we we never said we quit. We we're just on hold still for about ten years. But um, (laughs) well, (laughs) is I had a cyst on my left vocal cord, not related to usage of the vocal cords or singing or talking, but just a random collection of cells had surgery, went down for about three and a half years, which changed the course of my life completely. Wow. That's quite a long time. It was, but I did speech therapy. Uh, I started to sing a little bit after I had my speech therapy and I became a nanny in that interim, which turned me on to a little show called the voice. And I had never seen it, but the kids that I nannied, were huge fans. So we started to watch that show every week. And there's a little bit of, you know, there was some inspiration there after we got to know that show. (laughs) And before we get to the voice, uh, and I hope you have some good stories to tell, 
Let's talk about the Adele song in the Amsterdam oh, airport. Right. Yeah, to double down on on that is that as my the kids that I nannied would say in my past life, um, before <laughs> I had my surgery, I started to devote a lot of time going overseas to perform for our troops who are deployed over there. And on our very first tour, we had a layover in Amsterdam and there was a piano and my the boys in the band were begging me to sing a song. And it was like 6.30 in the morning. I'm a loud singer. I was very trepidatious, but then uh, we had some Heinekens. And you can there, see it all on YouTube. There we were. <laughs> and all of a sudden, somebody was recording us and it went up on YouTube. And I sang an Adele song and it became like a showstopper moment. It was a, three minutes of my life where it went viral on the internet. Did that make its way to the producers of The Voice? It did. Talking about getting to know the show, I had never heard of the show, The Voice. Uh, the kids that I nannied turned me onto the show, but in the same time that was happening, this video was going viral. The producers saw that video and came to me and said, will you get on a plane, go to Los Angeles and audition for season six of the show? And I thought it was a joke. I didn't know that they curated the internet for people. And I got on that plane. And, and I, luckily, I knew what the show was because the kids told me and had me watch it every week. Serendipity. It was serendipity. Yes, absolutely. You rocked season six, Thanks. literally. Walk us through that journey on The Voice. Listen, if you watch those shows, you know that they usually have like the pop star, the pop girl, and the, the R&B guy, and the, um, you know, there's usually a rock guy. Um, I got to kind of be the rock girl on <laughs> season six, the tattooed raven haired girl that was um, singing heart and journey and um, Pat Benatar and, you know, uh, Fleetwood Mac. And, you know, luckily I went through team Adam Levine. It was at, of course, Adam did his job, right? He mm -hmm. was my mentor. He did what he gets paid to do. And I did my best, but also I feel like the state of Minnesota, the state of North Dakota, South Dakota, the whole Midwest just started to lift that up. And I got lucky. People I was rooting voted. for you. Thank you. I went all the way to the end, fourth place. And it changed my life forever in so many ways, mostly good. From the blind audition to getting to the finals. Yeah. When you get on stage for the blind audition, what goes through your mind? Oh, God. I, I, often, you say I, I often say <laughs> I black out. I blacked out through the whole thing. I'll, I do remember walking out and just thinking, you, you know, take no prisoners. That's what my sister always says to me. Take no prisoners. Just Love it. do what you do and try to do it well. And I remember thinking that. I remember trying to just do what I could. We'd rehearsed for a very long time for that moment, which people don't know. It's They're a little peek behind the curtain. We, we rehearsed five weeks for that 90 second segment. And they take you through all the emotions. They take you through people turning their chair, not the real coaches, but mm -hmm. actors in those chairs. No chairs turning, one chair turning, three chairs turning, four chairs turning, no chairs turning, like every day. So you're just sort of, you're, you're rehearsed. But I still ended up blacking out and just doing the best I could. And I got three chairs to turn, thank God. And coach Adam Levine, how was he as a coach? I mean, what kind of mentoring do you get? Honest to God, I know he's getting a bad rap right now, so it's weird to talk about, but I got to experience Adam Levine, the coach. I didn't have to experience Adam Levine, the husband, thank God. But but as a coach, he was incredible. He really went above and beyond. 
he was accessible. I had his contact at any time I had a question, I was able to ask it whether it was, you know, in real time or not, or just how can I get through the week? <laughs> Help me with my nerves. He was absolutely incredible. He really went above what he should and did and needed to, and still does to this day. Like if I had a question, I have his number and his email and he'll, he'll answer me anytime. He helps me promote. He's truly, truly a really awesome human. Who are some of your musical influences? Oh man, such a tough, tough question, but you know, I came from it all. So having a very musical family, I literally listened to Peter, Paul and Mary and then Van Halen in the same, in the same day. Um, but really when it came down to my writing skills, I was really influenced by Fleetwood Mac, Journey, Ozzy Osbourne, even at a certain point, like a lot of the rock people, but Fleetwood Mac was probably the biggest one because Stevie Nicks was, and is still my idol. You annually perform for the military. Tell us about that and why it's important to you. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. I, I don't, I have a cousin that served in, in the military and I love her to death. We're, the, we're very close, like sisters, but nobody else in my family served. And so it kind of came out of the blue. But in the early 2000s, when we were deep into the Afghanistan war, I felt compelled to share my gift and to go over there and do what I could to just bring normalcy to our deployed troops. And I, and my cousin was a big catalyst in that because she was in Iraq and you know, she, it was dire and she had no idea what she was about to face in these situations. So what can I do with music? Take it over there. And I eventually got to do that starting in 2011 and I'm just about to embark on my 15th tour. And it, it really is that as much as I love playing music, it's not really about me. It's about taking a piece of home to our men and women who are serving over there. And when we do it around the holidays, like we're going to do this year, it's about making them feel at home and normal and let them exit their jobs for a couple of hours to just entertain them and be there for them. And it's just, it is the most important work that I do in my life for reals. This past summer, you toured with Kid Rock. Tell us about that experience. <laughs> it sounds like it was fun. It was so fun. It was a wild, out-of-the-blue experience. Local ties, which is awesome, because there's another girl in the Kid Rock band who's from Minneapolis. So she's the one that got me the job. They had an opening at last, the last minute. And when I say the last minute, I had like a week to get into the show before the tour opened, and I spent the whole summer with them. But the biggest high-profile job I've ever had the nerves rivaled what I went through on The Voice. 20,000 people a night, 25,000 people a night. And I was the duet partner to sing the very famous song Picture with him. So there was a lot of pressure every night, but um, so fun, so eye-opening, and honestly, the best job that I've ever had. It was the coolest thing to see the country, even though I'm a little bit too old to, to ride on a tour bus these days, but <laughs> but it was it was cool, and I can't wait to do it again. Live music finally back. Yeah. What was it like for you during the pandemic? How did you the craft of being in front of people and then you couldn't give yeah. us a little in, insight into that? It was lonely. That's a good word. I think uh, I think a lot of people felt that way, but. Mm -hmm. Thank God my partner in crime, which I call him, Eric Warner has been in my band for almost 13 years. And 
we were in New Orleans doing a gig for like a corporate gig when the pandemic started and when everything locked down. And in fact, we, we took a private plane home because it was so dire. And so we quarantined together, which he's like my brother. So it was very natural for us. And we just hunkered down. We finished Netflix together. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people did. (laughs) I finally was like, we got to do something. And we knew that I could spread joy. And all I wanted to do was spread joy in my neighborhood and, and in my community. And then we started to just go like door to door singing, like singing telegrams. And it seemed ridiculous, but we needed it. And our, our neighbors loved it. It was safe. We socially distanced. And then we started this business model called Curbside Concerts with Cat. Oh, that's cool. The media caught on. We stayed safe the whole time. It, it was basically like singing telegrams, but we were able to bring joy and do music. And And what we did is we ended up doubling down and take, putting, putting the tip jar out, taking donations and giving it back to charity so we could help feed people through a, a nonprofit called Second Harvest Heartland. And now I can sit here two years later and tell you we'll never not do curbside concerts. It was a beautiful happenstance and we were able to still do music. And I I think the word pivot is so overused, but that's what we did. We pivoted and we figured it out and we got to do something good for our community. We'll talk about giving. You created the Rising Star Foundation, providing scholarships and opportunities for aspiring musicians. What was your motivation to start this foundation? The biggest motivation is that I grew up in a town of 200 people. And by the time I was 14, I knew that I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to write music. I wanted to sing. I wanted to be in front of people. And the resources in my rural community were not there. And that wasn't anyone's fault except for geographically challenged there. And I didn't have YouTube. I mean, I'm aging myself there, but we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have TikTok. We didn't have anything like that. So I had to sort of go out and find my resources. And really, in the end, I wanted to build a foundation that gave the resources to aspiring artists that I wanted. I wanted those resources. I wanted financial aid to help me go to college to pursue my music dreams. I wanted I wanted music camp in my life. And with the foundation, I'm able to provide scholarships to kids who want to continue that education and also have my own music camp in the summer for kids who want to be around like-minded kids and like-minded singers and artists and, and outsiders that they feel so alone in the business and We provide that with the foundation and I'm lucky. Where is the camp? We hold the camp. We hold the in-person overnight camp in the Badlands of North Dakota, very close to where I grew up. It's a town called Medora, North Dakota. It's in the uh, heart of the Teddy Roosevelt uh, National Park. So we can hike and see buffalo and see wildlife and also do music, obviously. And then we do virtual camps online for kids that are between the ages of eight and 13. And we just, we... I do one-on-ones with kids. It's all through that foundation, but we're going to grow that this year. We're going to try to do some Minnesota locations along with that North Dakota location. Fantastic. Yeah. You're at Mayo Civic Center in Rochester, Minnesota for a holiday show. I understand Christmas is your favorite time of year. Yes. 
So I guess it's pretty easy to get on stage and belt out Christmas tunes. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think so. You'd think it's really easy, but it's actually a very involved process, but it's my favorite. So it does feel like not a job. It just feels like my normal nature of being a Christmas fan. I was born for Christmas. You will hear that in the show tonight. My dad, my dad tours with us and he's going to tell a very compelling, awesome story about how I actually was born for Christmas. My birthday is December 23rd. Oh, close. Yeah. So it just, it was in my blood. I love the holiday spirit, but I think the most importantly, the reason why I started a Christmas show is because I wanted to bring families together. I know what that feels like for me and it being the, my favorite time of year and it being as a touring musician, it being one of the only times I can be with my family. So it's very important to me. And I get to provide that with entertainment and seeing these beautiful families come to the show. And I feel like you'll probably agree that Christmas music brings that warm, like togetherness feeling. And I also write a lot of my own Christmas music. So it's fun to perform that and just have fun around the holiday season. That's what it's all about for us. As we head into the new year, what's next for you? Oh God. So many things. <laughs> I always make my lists. Let's at this break time some of year. news I right know, now. I know. <laughs> um, so we just released a Christmas record, which took me most of the year, and now I'm going to switch modes and try to release some original music that we've that I wrote during COVID. Mm, I was nice. a writing machine during COVID, which was very nice. One of the blessings that came out of being lonely and having time. So we'll have a single come out really early in, in the new year, probably February. There's a video and, and a song that's coming out. We're working on a record to complete that with the single push to be out for the summer. I spend most of my time actually motivationally speaking. I mean, I do concerts and I still you know do music, but I do spend most of my time going around to corporations and colleges and schools and doing a campaign that I call the Fearless Campaign. So that will be amping up most of the winter all the way until the summer where I get to go in and, and talk about my fearless journey and hopefully inspire others to be fearless in their lives and take the chances that deserve to be taken, especially now after the pandemic right. and to just live their best lives, no matter what that takes. So I'll focus a lot on that. I'm writing a book in that conjunction as well. Wow. So I know it's just, you I just are end up on a million busy. things. And at the same time we plan our summer camps in this, in the winter too. So it it's, it's, it's what I love. I love to be busy. I love doing what I love to do and what I don't feel like is work. I can tell. Well, you have to hop on stage real yes. soon. So I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you for your time. I lo you. I'm going to hang out in the audience and watch your show Yay. tonight. So best of luck. Kat Perkins, thanks for joining us on Growing Destinations. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene, its international culinary flavors, and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com. <laughs>